smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Green Zone. Oh my! He is the baddest man in the NFL! This is the Green Zone with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we are officially in the sweat zone here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And it looks like no sweat right now for the boys with the stars on their helmets. Another touchdown. They've got a three-touchdown lead. I do think they were the beneficiary of a very bad no-call on the Giants' last possession, which could have made it a one-score game. Instead, they go 99 yards on the ensuing drive. And, Wes, I think they can put that one to bed. Yeah, but this is a deserved win and cover for Dallas. The offensive line has really been the best unit on the field. And they've been pushing the Giants around. This is not a bad Giants defense, but have not looked very good today. So now 34-13 to now. And we're about to get rid of the live lines here because they're going to stop pricing this. Because, look, we said Dallas was getting the money for the second half. It has come that way. Still hanging on the under. The total mm-hmm. still in the balance there, but Dallas absolutely has pulled away. And again, maybe the sweats right now are in SoFi, where the Browns have a seven-point lead, but the Chargers are driving, and a sweat certainly in Las Vegas, where the Bears have added a field goal, so they have an eight-point lead against the Raiders. That feels like an 18-point lead, the way the Raiders have been as inept as they've been on offense so far today. And it's interesting because if you go back to last week's game on Monday night, when the Raiders got beaten up, we heard some of the Raiders, I, I, excuse me, like the Chargers, like Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. saying uh, after the Nick Bosa, which Bosa? I get the Bosa's confused. Uh, Joey Bosa, I believe the Chargers saying that Derek Carr was turtling up and going into a shell yeah. and didn't want to get hit. It's been a physical football game between the Bears and Raiders. He's taken a lot of shots today, had to leave the game in this one. So maybe that physicality, and it, it takes its toll. 
we're only in week five. Yeah. And you got to start wondering if Derek Carr's taking these shots now, can he even make it through the season at this rate? And by the way, fourth and five from their own 30 here. Just two timeouts. We are at the two-minute warning at Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas. Uh, I know you got two You got to go. I mean, you got to go for it now. Now that the two-minute warning timeout has come, so you don't get that extra timeout, Raiders still do have two, but got to think that they're going to go for it here. You look at the numbers here. Chicago only 250 yards of offense, but the Raiders only 234. This has been an absolute dead nut under if you bet this game. Uh, You're not going to be in trouble unless this goes to overtime. No, I don't think you're going to be in trouble for the under if you were a backer there for the 49ers and the Cardinals. Let's go back out to Adam Burke. And Adam, we saw the Niners had a fourth in inches, and they went for it, but I don't believe they got it, did they? No, they didn't get it. They actually direct snapped to Kyle Juszczyk, who came in motion and uh, got stopped for no gain. They came up short on that one. However, we got a review here in this game. Rondale Moore fumbled as he was going to the ground. They ruled him down. So the call on the field is that he was down. Replay does appear to show the ball was coming out. So Kyle Shanahan has challenged it. By the way, I think Arizona's got 46 yards in the second half on 14 plays. So not a real good look for this Arizona offense. And, of course, as we saw, they were working on Kyler Murray's throwing arm over on the sideline. It doesn't look like he's operating at full capacity right now. Did seem to short arm a throw into the end zone in the first half of the game, which maybe was our first indicator that he was a little bit hurt. Uh, The 49ers defense stepping up to the task. They've just hurt themselves offensively. They've turned it over on downs three times now in this game, including that goal line stop where Lance got his bell rung. So we'll see if they get the football here coming out of this review, but they've certainly had chances, whereas the Cardinals aren't generating many. All right, great update as always, Adam. We have drama in SoFi where it looked like after the Browns had just taken a seven-point lead, the Chargers had gotten the equalizer, but did they get the full equalizer? David Gascon is standing by, and yes, Wes, (laughs) it's been the theme of the day. Injuries to quarterbacks and running backs, or well, injuries, and missed PATs. David, what's going on in La La Land? Uh, oh. I don't know. I got this beer shirt on. I might need to, like, take a cold one right now. Yeah, it needs to be guy, whiskey you know, on the shirt if you bet the Chargers. <laughs> oh, my. Man, he just botched the PAT, hooked it wide left. I said it moments ago, tongue-in-cheek, that this is almost eerily similar to Ole Miss in Arkansas. Well, Cleveland leads right now 42-41 after Austin Eckler, a 19-yard touchdown reception on a screen from Justin Herbert. I'll be kind of curious because Tom Brady earlier today threw five touchdown passes. Herbert's actually accounted for five, four with his arm and then one with his feet. That could be the players of the week in the National Football League, but there's still just about three and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, Chargers still down by one because kickers, man. Kickers. (laughs) David, if you're looking for a stop, there haven't been many here. That's the Chargers' last hope here at this juncture, right? I mean, has their defense been able to yeah. slow down Cleveland at all today? You know, it, it's fascinating because I know you guys have talked about this at good length prior to coming into the season in week number one, but one of the Achilles heels for the Chargers for the last couple seasons has been the loss and the non-existence of Derwin James. Well, he's been that way in today's ball game. Chargers have put him in the box. He hasn't made too many tackles. He's gotten beat to the outside. The Browns have rushed for over 200 yards in this contest, whether it's Nick Chubb or Kareem Hump. They've run inside. They've run out. And Baker Mayfield has set the play-action pass nicely. David Njoku has 71-yard touchdown reception. So, yeah, you're calling on Bosa to get a stop. Derwin James to get a stop. Trunk would get a stop. I mean, somebody from the Chargers has to do it. 
oddly enough, because you're playing at home. You'd expect a little bit of home field advantage coming to this one. They've had nothing. The defense has been flat from the opening get-go. It's been Justin Herbert and the offense trying to play catch-up. Unfortunate for them, I don't know if they have a stop in them. 42-41, three minutes to go. Right. David, stand by. I'm sure we're, we're not done with you by a long shot. Chargers, by the way, now taking their first time out. A nice uh, coverage there to hold the Browns to the 14-yard line. Chargers, uh, Brandon Staley is going to go ahead and uh, kind of cast his die here with the timeouts. One-yard gain for Kareem Hunt on first down, 42-41. to Even if the Chargers stop them and get a field goal, of course, Depending on what your number is, obviously on the closer, that is not cover town. So that's why sometimes on these small favorites, you lay money line. But first things first, Chargers got to get a stop now and uh, two timeouts left to go. All right, let's see if they can do that. Baker Mayfield with a pump fake, and it looks like they have an incompletion third and ten, so the clock will stop down. And Dallas, meanwhile, in a game that feels like it's over, 21-point lead, fight just broke out in Big D. We talked about the physicality. Everything's getting chippy around the National Football League today. Let's go back out to Tank, and I think it might be the last time we go to Tank, but Tank, what's going on? Because I see bodies, and I see pushing and shoving and flags. All hell's breaking loose in, in Big D. Yeah, maybe the last time you go to me, and I think it's going to be the last time the Giants go to Kadarius Tony too. It seemed like he was that guy caught like a little, you know, hitch route, got a good gain on it, and then their <laughs> scrum ensued, and then this dude threw a Deontay Wilder haymaker at uh, one of the Cowboys players, and then all hell broke loose. And so there was a big scrum. Obviously, frustrations are overflowing with the Cowboys dominating the Giants in all facets of the game. So this game is a wrap. It seems like uh, the Giants are just trying to mail it in right now, trying to get to the locker room as quickly as possible. I guess you got to throw punches to try to get to the locker room now. But I think the whole story about this game, just to sum it up, is that the Cowboys are legit. Now we're just trying to spin it forward and say, like, hey, like, they look like they got their running game together. We already knew that Dak had a stable of weapons to throw it to in the past game. Javon Diggs is showing us that he can be that dude on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I mean, they have a kind of easy schedule coming up, so I'm looking forward to three, four weeks out when they face the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I know the Chiefs have a big game against Buffalo tonight, but I'm really looking forward to see how these Cowboys are going to gel over the next few weeks and that they're ready to handle a team like the Chiefs when they were nearly beat by Tampa Bay. So look out for that in about a month or so. All right, Tech, very quickly, before we say goodbye and doing a great job, as always, for us here on the Green Zone, I do want to get your thoughts. We had Lorenzo Alexander on earlier on the program to kind of break down this Chiefs and Bills game. As a DB, I'm sure this would be one that might keep you up a little bit at night when you're looking at Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes here. What is going to be the key to this game tonight in this AFC Championship rematch? Uh, I think the key for the Buffalo Bills is showing that they truly are a legit defense and that they're one of the best in the league. Obviously, that's what the stats show right now. But if you look at the teams they play, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they're coming on offense now, but not so much in the beginning of the season. You know, they play Washington. They play some other teams, Miami, that really aren't that great on offense. Now they have to play against a hungry Kansas City Chiefs team that's at the bottom of the AFC West. Like, this is a must-win game for Kansas City. So you better know that if you're going in the hour ahead tonight, those fans are going to be rocking. You better bring it. So I don't think this is a game where Buffalo can try to lean on their run game and try to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. Like when Patrick Mahomes is in a must-win situation, he turns into the third splash brother. You got <laughs> Steph Curry, you got Klay Thompson, then he turns into the third one, and then that's when he gets busy. And so this is one of those moments where I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders. So it's going to be up to Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and all those guys to be able to try to score and compete with them. So – 
I'm looking forward to a shootout tonight in a game that it's, I'm telling you, it's a must win for Kansas City, the way that we see these teams in AFC West are playing. And then with the Bills playing in the AFC East, I feel like they got a bit of little wiggle room. So I'm not really looking forward to them winning this game. I think this is Kansas City's game to win, and I feel like they will pull it out. All right, very interesting, Tech. We're going to say goodbye for the day with the Giants down 21 points five minutes ago in Dallas. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at TankWilliams13. Does a great job with Yahoo Sports. And of course, uh, a former DB in the league. Always great to get his perspective. This Thanks to Tank Williams for another great day of action. Okay, I got to go rapid fire here because we do have a field goal in Chicago now. Looks like that game is about to be put to bed. Two-score game for the Bears, 20-9. to San Francisco goes for it on midfield. J.J. Watt knocks down the Trey Lance pass, and now Arizona looks like they are in the red zone. DeAndre Hopkins just jumps up and gets that between two DBs. Okay. And then, obviously, Wild and Wooly going on with the Browns and the Chargers. Chargers do have a stop. Okay, we're going to try to get to David Gascon very quickly. David, I only have about 30 seconds here. What's going on? What's the latest for the Browns and the Chargers? Yeah, miracle stop for the Chargers, right? They forced the Browns to punt the football. It looks like Wes, I'm going to say this for right now, it looks like your your teaser at 8.5 for the, for the Browns is safe. Browns up 42-41. Chargers with the football, though. Uh, Two-minute warning here in Los Angeles. All right, very quickly, maybe a bad beat coming if you're a Niner backer. It looks like they just got a touchdown in Arizona. We'll update the desert when you come back with us. Don't go anywhere. It's the sweat zone officially here in the green zone. It is VEASAN, the sports betting network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VC free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here on the Green Zone, I am Dave Ross. He is Wes Reynolds. And Wes, we got drama in L.A. with the Chargers have a first yeah. and goal and it looks like and Austin Eckler did the old slide down. Yeah, the old Brian Westbrook play slid down at the two. By the way, Cleveland had taken their second time out. They have one more left to go. So, look, I, I think that the Chargers basically just trying to position for a field goal here and but... win 44-42. Now, if you're Cleveland, you have taken your last time out. You essentially got to let them try to score. You're like basically ole. Absolutely. Come on in. Uh, we're going to leave the door open. Bruno Mars style for well, you. Here's the here's the tricky part when you've got over both teams now close to 500 yards. Browns over 500, 490 for the Chargers. You're probably going to take a knee if you're LA, mm-hmm. okay? Because the problem with trusting the kicker, we've seen all these kicks today. Let's see if they let him score. No, it looks like they're going to go down, and he did get in. The Browns like pulled oh him into the goodness. end zone. Austin Eckler, I don't think was trying to score there, and I think the Browns assisted him into the yes. end zone. And by the way. That is not smart football by Brandon Staley, and I'll tell you why. This is the only way that the Browns can actually win this game. This is the only way they could possibly mm-hmm. win this game is if either blocking what would have yeah. amounted to a 19-yard field goal or basically now the Browns just, assisting Eckler just, into the end zone. Just take an E. Unbelievable Just coaching. take an E. What the hell are you doing? I know Brandon Staley has been getting all the – Kudos from not smart social coaching. media because of the analytical approach he takes. Now you got to go for two, and you have to be able to get it to make it seven. And I, I think, think he is did. in, but wow. just take a knee. What are you doing? I don't know. Why are you giving this Cleveland team, by the way, who has 510 yards of offense? They are averaging eight and a half yards a play. There have been 43 points scored in this fourth quarter alone. I don't know what the hell Brandon Staley's doing, but. Look, at least Kevin Stefanski, at least they have a prayer right now. Correct. They don't have any timeouts, but they got 90 seconds left to go. So, um, amazing endgame strategy here. And again, we, we just saw a touchdown in the, in Dallas that looked like it was the over for John Ross the third, but it was called back, and then the Giants went for it on fourth down. It looks like they got stopped short. So, if you're an overbacker in Dallas, 
That game is not over. 34-13, they're calling him short of the goal line. We'll keep an update there. The Niners just kicked a field goal, yeah, so it's 17-10. From Joey Sly, who was in Houston earlier this season. So now 17-10 to 10 here four minutes ago. A lot of things still in the balance. We'll find out. But one game is not in the balance. Eric Edholm, you watched a boy. You saw an old-fashioned physical football game, and it went to the visiting team, put the finishing touches on the Bears and the Raiders for us, sir. Yeah, pretty good balance in this one. Not much offense on either side. Bears just a little cleaner, a little better. Did make some mistakes in the second half, but Justin Fields throws his first NFL touchdown pass, earns his second win. Bears' first road win of the year. They're now 3-2. and two. Raiders dropped to 3-2. and 20-9 was the final. So Bears obviously cover. They got the points to start the game and then uh, under the total as well. So this was good if you bet on Chicago's side and on the underside. It was really the run game of Chicago and the mistakes of the Raiders that led us to this final score. So pretty impressive for Chicago. Not so great for the Raiders, who've had a very forgettable uh, few days now. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. I want to thank you again for yeah. everything you do for us here. And, of course, check him out. Uh, excellent writer with Yahoo Sports. Follow Eric on Twitter, as I do as well. Giants in the end zone, by the way. That game now over the total of 53 at BetMGM, so 34-20. to 20. And the knee was down on that two-point conversion, so now 47-42. to 42. All the Browns need is, is a touchdown, to basically, win. to win the game. I mean, you could have just taken a knee. I know you don't want to trust that kicker, but, but Judas Priest, I mean, all you got to do is take a knee. They don't have any timeouts and win 44 to 42. I can't, I can't believe it. I, I, I'm, I'm beside myself because, again, you don't have to hand the ball off to Eckhart. You can just take a knee, Justin Herbert, not just on Justin Herbert, but on the head coach. You, Brandon Saley, you put yourself in a team in a position now they have to get a stop. They would not have to do that. Let's go back to David Gascon. David, for the life of me, can you understand what the rationale was there? I, hey, if you're a Chargers backer, you love Brandon Staley, or maybe you love Kevin Stefanski because the guys pushed in Austin Eckler for the go-ahead touchdown. Well, here's the thing. You guys had just mentioned it. What do we have in the opening games? We had like six mixed extra points. That didn't include the missed field goals. Tristan Vizcaino in this ball game has missed two PATs. So if you don't have confidence in your kicker, I mean, keep in mind that Mason Crosby missed a couple of field goals late in that Green Bay Packers game. So if you're Brandon Staley, why roll the dice? Your offense has put up 41 points so far. Get another five. Get another. I mean, excuse me, get another six. Get another seven. Get another eight. Pile it on in. And if you're Wes, you have to be ecstatic with this. Yes. Because right now you hit the teaser. You also have the Chargers, whether it's minus two and a half or two. And then, of course, the, the over is completely decimated. It was 50 and a half. So you're winning all the way across the board. Wes, you should be, like, ripping off your jacket and running around spraying David's know, gear but, right now. But, David, play. I don't trust them to get a stop either because they could have ended the game just from a strategy standpoint. <laughs> right. You know, these two guys, both of them, Stefanski and Staley, have been getting universal praise on social media for, uh, you know, going more with the analytical approach. Uh, obviously, a new generation and a new wave of coaching philosophy here. Timeout now on the field. Drew Tranquil down for the Chargers. Oh. So Cleveland, by the way, has no timeouts left. I think it's 53 seconds left on the clock. And look, you you gave Cleveland a chance, basically, because Cleveland was out of timeouts, and that's why I was saying take an E and kick the field goal. Austin Eckler, I think, was kind of indecisive. He's kind of trying to run time and not go down. And then, of course, Cleveland pulls him in the end zone for the touchdown. I, and now you get an injury, and look, you don't want to have an injury, but you're saying get the hell off the field, Drew Tranquil, if you're a charger, because you don't want this clock to be stopped. 
by the way, 1,016 total yards between these two teams. Again, and, and the point being is Kevin Stefanski just kind of outcoached to me, Brandon Staley, in that yep. situation because they told their guys, drag them in. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly what they did. They didn't do that on their own accord. They were coached to do that. Now Baker Mayfield has at least a chance. They have a first down now at the 45-yard line. Tick, 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 tick. Under 30 to play in regulation. Again, five-point lead for the Chargers. And they're at least going to get a Hail Mary out of this yeah. at the very least. Yeah, and uh, I think he, Baker tried to uh, clock it, but looked like that receiver was offsides and they didn't call it, or, or at least a false start. But nevertheless, second and 10, now 26 seconds left to go. Lightning bolts 47, Cleveland 42. Okay, and the Cowboys again, it looks like they're trying to, third and six, they might have just gotten the first down now. The Giants have one timeout left. The only reason why we bring that up is, Pre-flop, it was seven, seven and a half in most places. The Cowboys do have a fourteen-point lead, so you feel like if you're a Cowboy guy, you're going to bet you're going to cover this game rather easily. And let's see if they got that first down, because if not, if the Giants could get a stop and get the ball back, all of a sudden that seven, seven and a half is very much in play. Baker is going deep; he's going to the end zone, and this ball is overthrown. Third and ten now, twenty seconds to go. Again, I think our point is you wouldn't have to sweat this mm-hmm. out right now. With these deep shots, you should yeah. be okay, but you gave the Browns the only possible chance they the, have to the, stay in this the game. The Chargers sometimes go chargering. That's kind of been a meme on it because the Chargers find the most bizarre ways to lose games. I don't think any team in the NFL finds a more bizarre way to lose the games no. than the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Carson California Chargers, wherever the hell you want to call them in South, uh, Southern California. They give their fans heart attacks, and now they got to dodge a couple bullets here. It is third and ten. For the charge or for the Browns, rather, no timeouts left on the clock. Twenty seconds to go. No, make, Baker Mayfield going deep again, incomplete. So it's fourth and ten. So they they've got no timeouts. And they've he's got- just throwing it up, trying to get a flag here. That's exactly what Baker Mayfield is doing. But the refs not bailing him out. And plus, that wasn't pass interference anyway. Okay, uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. Julian Terrell join us a little bit later on in this program. We just saw another personal foul in the Giants and Cowboys game. It looked like Tony Pollard, they ripped his helmet off, a knee to the head. It's been one of the more physical weeks. I think the most physical week we've seen in the NFL so far with tons of injuries. That's why we're going to have the good doctor join us. These dudes watched Fury Wilder last night, and they're all all after it right now. This is the NFC East now. Now, again, we've got one last shot here for Baker Mayfield. You know they're going to go to the end zone here, fourth and ten. They've got, uh, they're at their own 45. Baker's trying to dial it up. He's got time. He heaves it deep. And this ball is in the end zone. And if we don't have a flag, which I don't believe we have, yeah. this should theoretically end the football game. Yeah, it will. Five seconds left to go. The Chargers, in spite of that strategery or questionable <laughs> strategery down the end, uh, gonna win. quoting my buddy George W. there, but the strategery uh, didn't really work out. But nevertheless, the Chargers going to get the win. Chargers also going to cover all numbers, by the way, because this was one and a half, two, two and a half during the week. Brown's going to get there on the teasers, and obviously this game sailed well over to the total. i got to be honest with you, Wes. They could have called pass interference on that. They, Baker they didn't want to. Baker Mayfield's putting his arms out. Kevin Stefanski can't believe it either. And it wasn't one of those bogus, like, <laughs> we're just taking a dive. There was actual contact in the end zone. They all just fell over each other, and now we have a knee here, and we're about to have a final score. Woo! It is over in L.A., 47-42. It's not over in Dallas yet, but just about. We'll get you the final scores and preview our night game when you come back with us here on the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, and we're getting a couple finals, but it's still not over in Big D. They just kicked a field goal. So it's 37-20 under the two-minute warning. So now, if you had the Cowboys minus seven, seven and a half. The backdoor alert is uh, no alert necessary. 31 yards for Greg Zerline. Kick is good. 37-20. to 20. Game is already gone over the total. Okay, so let's go back out to David Gascon to say goodbye for the Browns and Chargers. That game has gone final. Dave, uh, we'll go to Adam uh, Adam Burke first because the 49ers and Cardinals, I do believe that game has also been put to bed. So, Adam, Niners hung around, but in the end, the Cardinals, the last undefeated team, they remain in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this game hinged on a couple of things, and frankly, it was just fourth down. 49ers, four turnovers on downs in this game, obviously one of them being right there at the goal line, which would have led, uh, you know, maybe two overtime. Obviously, the game would have been played a little bit differently, but I will say this, not impressed with Arizona again this week. Arizona, a team that a lot of people really, really talking about as the best team in the NFL. Look, they're a missed field goal away from losing to the Vikings. Mm -hmm. They were trailing by nine against Jacksonville in the second half. Didn't play well here today. Yeah, they have that great Rams performance, but I'll tell you what. I saw Jeff Sherman over at the Superbook with Browns minus two and a half against Arizona next week Mm -hmm. in Cleveland. Give me the Browns in that one. Absolutely. I was going to bring that up, by the way. That is one of the games in the late window. And what Adam said about fourth down was absolutely true. And nowhere was it more evident than when Kyle Shanahan, fourth and four from the 48. Keep in mind, Arizona had done nothing in the second half. And San Francisco got back within striking distance, 10 to 7. He elects to go for it on the shotgun. J.J. Watt, Johnny on the spot. Lance tried to hit Debo Samuel over the middle. J.J. Watt gets a very tall man, gets those pits up there and knocks it down. And then Arizona gets a touchdown on that very short field. Cal Shanahan, who I really do like as a coach and I really do like as a play designer, did not cover himself in glory today. Nope. He was It was very poorly coached. Everybody's like, Shanahan against Kingsbury. This is like Gary Kasparov against Bozo the Clown. No. But Bozo was Kyle Shanahan <laughs> in this point. He made some very bad decisions today. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank Adam Burke, of course, does a great job here at VEASAN as a betting analyst, a digital contributor, and follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Okay, let's go back to David Gascon. What a wild affair that we saw. And again, coaching decisions down the stretch. It didn't bite Brandon Staley today, but David, it could have, but yet the Chargers in an absolute wild one hold on to get this victory. Hey, guys, I, I think that you are both in Vegas, and it's perfect for this situation. When you get a run of cards or you're rolling sevens and elevens, mm-hmm. you just ride that sucker out. And I feel like in this ball game, both Kevin Stefanski and Brandon Staley were in a groove. They had a great rhythm, and everything they called offensively was working. So if that is the case, then continue to go with that. If you go against your gut, you like to kick a field goal late in the ball game as opposed to running on in with Austin Eckler. Field goal misses, you lose the ball game by one. It's a tough pill to swallow. So given the fact that you'd force Cleveland to march 80 yards at least with no timeouts and a minute and a half to go, I like those chances. Regardless of you know what obviously a lot of people think, Chargers got a career high 398 yards passing from Justin Herbert. He accounted for five scores in the game, four with his arm. One with his feet. Mike Williams had a monster day at the office as well. Nick Chubb on the opposing side ran his tail off. Over 130 yards in the game. 161 to be exact. Browns tough luck losers, though. 47-42. And as Wes had mentioned, Chargers hit the lines, whether it's two, two and a half. And, of course, that over was busted in the third quarter. 50 and a half. Long gone. Absolutely. David, great job as always. I think you've earned a beer for sure. 
Maybe the shirt of the day. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you again. Check him out, Fox Sports Radio, Bally Sports West. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at David J. Gascon. And as as we mentioned, 47-42, the final score. We already said goodbye to our man Eric Edholm, at Eric underscore Edholm. 247-42 finals in NFL history, by oh. the way. And the Cleveland Browns have lost both. When was the last 47-42 that they lost? It was last year at home. I, I think it was a Thursday night game. It was a primetime game against the Ravens, and they lost 47-42 to at home. They lose 47-42 to today in Los Angeles. So Cleveland will be hosting, as Adam Burke mentioned, the Arizona Cardinals, who really didn't look that impressive. So I think Cleveland may get a little bit of the money on the support. And uh, by the way, the Chargers will go to Baltimore, who play tomorrow on Monday night with Indianapolis. Uh, one more score, because yeah. we are not quite through done with the uh, late window here. Anthony Brown, a pick six. Uh, look, Dallas, they're going to bend, and they're going to give up uh, their uh-huh. fair share of yards against about everybody. If they're turning over teams like this, and the offense is firing Ooh. on all cylinders, which it looks like it is, 515 yards today. Jera is happy. Jera oh. is uh, about Dave Ross-level happiness right now. 44-20 to 20 Dallas over the Giants. And let me just do my Jerry impression, because he had his glasses on, and he took them off and one-handed, and he was pumping it up. When Jerry's happy... I'm happy. America's team is happy. They had the extra point. Hey, they're still playing. They're still trying to score points. 44 to 20 right now. You know, it's interesting because I'm I'm old school Cowboys fan, right? And you go back to like 1990, 1989, when the Cowboys weren't very good. And Buddy Ryan, God rest his soul, he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He and Jimmy Johnson were getting into it. Joe Judge, I just saw a look of him. He was not happy. Look, I don't. You're still trying to throw it. The Cowboys are going to try to take it away. Is this a Buddy Ryan, Kevin Gilbride situation? It feels like I'll be interested to see the handshake with Mike McCarthy and Joe Judge after this one. They are still tackling. They're still getting after it. A minute 23 to go, but this one is all said and done. By the way, that is Dallas's ninth game in a row with two-plus takeaways. I think that's the second-longest streak in the National Football League since 2010. So, uh... Look, Dallas forcing them turnovers, wow. man. All of a sudden, this uh, this NFC East, remember it was the NFC least last year, a battle of attrition. They're now, good. all of a sudden, it's about to look like a wrap here with uh, Giants going down, Washington going down. Now, Philadelphia did get that win against Carolina, but a two-game lead already through five weeks for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the game today, Wes, with all the action, because this one's just about put to bed. Of course, we've got a great one to look forward to tonight between the Bills and the Chiefs. The only game today... That really surprised me was Matt Rule and company giving up that lead. Remember, it was 15-3 to just before the half, and the Panthers had the football, and clock mismanagement, we've mm-hmm. seen that throughout the National Football League, and quite frankly, we right. see it every week, gave up a cheap three to the Eagles, and that seemed to put in motion this mm-hmm. comeback in the second half. So the Eagles not exactly dead, and they came back and burned me today as a Panther back. And two things there, because with Matt Rule, look, I think he's a very good head coach, I and I think he's going to be a very good head coach in this league. He's been good everywhere he's been, but you know, you're still a second-year head coach, right? So you're going to make those clock management mistakes. And another thing that I, you know, you got to notice here in terms of role reversals. One thing to kind of use when you're betting the National Football League week to week. When you have a team, I know they were a home favorite against the Jets in Week One, but you still have a very young, developing, improving team in Carolina. That's not used to that role, quite frankly. They are not used to being a home favorite. And look, it looked like it was going to be their game to win. It's 15-3. Mm-hmm. to three, And then it was all Philadelphia in the second half. And basically what it came down to, that clock management, I think, kind of turning the tide of the game. And also the fact Sam Darnold, 
you know, I don't know if he's seeing ghosts again. He wasn't seeing them through the first three weeks, turned it over twice in Dallas. He thought, okay, that's Dallas. They're really opportunistic because of what we just talked about a minute ago. But three interceptions they against the Philadelphia Eagles and an Eagles offense that was really fairly anemic yeah. for about two and a half or three quarters. And then Jalen Hurts got a couple plays late in the game. So Philadelphia goes to two and three, Carolina three and two. Yeah, and that's that's one I summarize as a bad loss if you're who the Panthers are trying to be after that three and zero start. So so far, uh, a couple losses here for the Bengal or for the uh, for the for the Panthers rather, and all of a sudden one that look the Cowboys beat them. I understand that. This is one they gave away against the Eagles. Those are the ones that are tough. And for a young team learning how to win, and Sam Darnold, to your point, still learning how to win as a quarterback in this league, you got to figure out a way to try to turn that page. Okay, very quickly, got about two minutes to go before we're going to take a break and then bring on the good doctor uh, to close out this show. I want to get your thoughts on the Bills and the Chiefs because we had Tank Williams, really likes the Chiefs in this spot. Mm-hmm. We had Lorenzo Alexander on. Really likes the Bills in this spot. Do you have a lean either way when you yeah, look at this? Yeah, and I did play the Chiefs uh, on the money line. Also used them in the contest. It is very rare in a primetime game where it seems like the majority of the backers are back in the underdog here because I think it's kind of priced in like the Bills. You know, this is the revenge spot from the AFC Championship game last year. Kansas City, even though they got the cover last week in Philadelphia, Kansas City has only covered two of their last 15 games. Wow. Two and 12 against and one against the spread. Now, oftentimes I think that gets overrated by betters in terms of, because a lot of those are circumstances sure. and just kind of coincidences. But, you know, people see that number and that gets talked about in all this expanding, rapidly expanding sports betting space, including right here at VEASAN. Then all of a sudden betters pay attention to that and they bet that. But, I do like the Chiefs at home. I would not be shocked, obviously, if the Bills no. won the game. This is a revenge spot. But, you know, this is a Kansas City team still averaging 33 points, and it's like pick your poison. Are you going to do what Philadelphia did last week and try to stop Travis Kelsey, which they did? But that leaves the Cheetah open for almost 200 yards receiving. So do you take away Tyreek Hill or do you take away Kelsey? Buffalo is going to have to make that decision. Okay, and again, uh, from, from my perspective here, I do like – the, the total here in this one, I would play the over. Been uh, pretty good on my overs today. I only got burned on one with Boy, the Boy, it's hard to play the under. I mean, but 57 is a lot. But no thank you for me. I'm not getting in front of this. It is over in Dallas. 44 to 20 is the final score there. Come on back with the good doctor. Dr. Terrell Julian is going to join us with all these injuries around the National Football League. It's the Green Zone right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to showtime with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game, and if any team scores a touchdown on Sunday, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if any team simply scores a touchdown on Sunday. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds as we wrap up another wild week of action here on the Green Zone. But, Wes, we love having Dr. Terrell Julian join us. But when the good doctor has to join us, that means we've had a rash of injuries around the National Football League. Of course, Dr. Terrell Julian is the chief of orthopedic surgery at Kaiser Permanente Mid-Atlantic. And, Doc, again, my goodness, let's go back to Thursday night, which feels like a year ago with the Russell Wilson injury to his hand. I know he had an MRI on it. How serious do you think it's going to be going forward? Right. Well, Dave and Wes, happy week five. Um, are we <laughs> skipping all the injuries, the kicker's egos from the morning slate? Exactly. <laughs> Is that six or seven? 
Yeah, yeah 12, 12 missed extra points and counting because we still have two more games here in week five. Of yeah, course. so, Doc, let's get back to Russell here. What what do you make of that hand in injury? Because I know Seahawks fans are thinking, okay, if we don't have Russell Wilson, we're already two and three. How how good can the uh, the prognosis be if he's out for any a length of time? Yeah, so we've had a couple of days to better digest what happened on a play where he injured his throwing right middle finger on a follow-through, impacting Aaron Donald's helmet. So the x-rays were negative, and per report, uh, surgery was performed by Dr. Stephen Shin in L.A. Now, he's one of the most, um, one of the best surgeons in the country when it comes to hand and wrist surgery. He sustained what's called a mallet injury to his middle finger, which is a tear of the extensor tendon. It's best to think of a tendon as a rope that just attaches a muscle to a bone. So this tendon allows him to extend the distal phalanx, which is the last bone of his finger. In doing so, he can properly handle the football by opening and closing his hand. Injury to this is going to affect him on snaps, handoffs, and also affect his throwing motion. So we've got this x-ray up here, and this really illustrates what a mallet finger is, and this is not his x-ray. If left untreated, the finger would remain in that flexed position. Surgical treatment involves suturing the tendon ends together and allowing them to heal. After successful surgery, he'll be able to fully open and close his hand and play the way we expect Russ Wilson to play. So healing for this, anywhere from four to six weeks. So spinning that forward, looking at the Seahawks right now, they're two and three. Up next, they've got the Steelers, Saints, Jags, and then a bye. If the injury is four weeks, then he'll be back at Green Bay, then Arizona. If it's at six weeks, we're looking at a travel to Washington and then hosting San Francisco. So four weeks is really that sweet spot. Anytime over four weeks, we're bringing into uh, into contention the NFC West um, implications yeah. in those teams. And as Doctor mentioned about that schedule spot, now we do still have an undefeated team, that wow. being the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West. They are five and zero now. Seattle at two and three. So you're getting in a maybe we can sneak into the extra oh, wild boy. card spot or something. So uh, uh, tough goings right now for Seattle. And also, Doctor, we could probably take the full segment here just to cover the New York Giants injuries uh, this afternoon oh. in Dallas. But obviously, the two headliners, Saquon Barkley, left the game. Also, Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay. Galladay also left the game. So uh, what's the latest or what were you hearing or reading now on Barkley and Jones going forward? So let's start with Barkley. Um, so he rolled his left ankle on a really strange play. He stepped on the defender's foot after an incomplete, incomplete pass over the middle. This is called an inversion ankle injury. You can think of this as the Steph Curry injury, as we've seen him roll his ankle on several occasions when he lands on a defender's foot after a jump shot. What we're looking at is most likely a very bad low ankle sprain, but these are treated with therapy, rehab, and protective taping. Now remember, 90% of these ankle injuries are low ankle injuries. Luckily, he'll have access to some world-class therapy up there in New York with the Giants trainers and facilities. He'll likely have an MRI early tomorrow or Tuesday to assess the severity of the injury, and we'll kind of see how this progresses week to week. All right, yeah, hopefully that's good news going forward because, as you mentioned, Doctor, sometimes they look worse than they actually are, but it did look bad. It also looked bad in Washington when we saw Taysom Hill have to leave uh, the action today. He was carted off. What do you make of what you saw from Taysom Hill? And I know for the Saints, he's a big part of their offense, even if it's uh, just here and there now, uh, obviously as the backup quarterback in New Orleans. Right, so we can kind of group Daniel Jones and Taysom Hill together. They both sustained pretty bad head injuries. 
they are going to be in the concussion protocol. So this protocol, it's a very vague protocol which gets revised season to season as the medical community learns more about concussion. A player enters this protocol if he has signs of a concussion or the athletic trainer, a spotter, team physician, NFL official, or an independent neurotrauma consultant initiates this protocol based on what they see on the field or on the sidelines. So Daniel Jones, you could see him stumbling after that play. That was a very obvious indication to get him into the protocol. Taysom Hill couldn't walk and he was carted off. So he's going to be in the protocol. So what is this protocol? It's a five-step process. All five steps are the same, but each player progresses through this at different rates. For example, we saw Teddy Bridgewater last week go into the protocol, and he was able to play this week. So if you want to just look at those five steps, um, if a player experiences concussion symptoms during one phase, he doesn't progress to the next. Those five phases are symptom-related activities, aerobic exercise, football-specific exercise, club-based non-contact exercise, and then full clearance. So if he progresses through this, he can be cleared to play. So if you want to spin this forward and look at the Saints, they've got a bye week, and then they face the Geno Smith-led Seahawks team. <laughs> I think and I would expect Taysom Hill to probably be back by then. For Daniel Jones, uh, tougher sledding. We're looking at the Rams and the Panthers. These are both formidable defenses. So hopefully he'll progress through the protocol, and we'll see him out there in about two weeks. But good luck, Daniel. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Charles Julian, it's always great to have your expertise on the show. Of course, the chief of orthopedic surgery at Kaiser Permanente Mid-Atlantic. Doc, hopefully, if we see you next week, it's not for as many injuries as we had this week, but you do a great job of breaking it down for us. Thank you very much. Great. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate right. it. Always good to have the good doctor on. But again, I think that's that's actually the Russell Wilson news from Dr. Terrell Julian surprises me because mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd be out for that long. That's not good news if the Seattle Seahawks 2-3 and three with an undefeated team leading that division. Yeah, and you're already seeing, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers were what? They were dogs, actually, today to the Denver Broncos. They opened one, ended up being two because Bridgewater went for Denver. Now, all of a sudden, you're seeing the Steelers four-point favorites Ooh. against Seattle next week. That, by the way, wow. is Sunday night football, but we still have another Sunday night football tonight. Yes. One of the big games of the young season, Buffalo and Kansas City. So, uh, look, basically what I'm seeing out there in the market right now, two and a half minus $1.20 at BetMGM for Kansas City. If it's a two and a half, it's juice, minus 120, minus 125. Are some threes starting to show, though? Not any flat threes, what I call weak threes. Mm -hmm. And that means when you have a favorite laying three and it's juice to the underdog. And it's pretty much like that exclusively. Three even money basically means plus three, minus $1.20 on the Buffalo Bills, so obviously shop around. Sometimes on the key number of three, that's where ju- books are going to juice you, so not necessarily minus 120, like all half points are created equal, so sometimes you get minus 125. Uh, they're going to make you pay for it if you want to get that key number on a game like this. I'm stunned that it opened at 56.5, and, and Wes, it stayed at mm-hmm. 56.5. Not mm-hmm. a lot of movement there. What's that telling you? Good two-way action, or people yeah, are a little scared I think off? you might have a enough people buying into it but look it it, it takes some brass i think to bet the under in this game and usually i'm more than willing to do that and take an ugly side or take something where it's like okay it's going to be shootout 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 and then it ends up like you know 20 to 17 or something like that but not getting in front of that uh i i don't really know i mean i looked at that chiefs eagles game last week eagles never could stop the chiefs chiefs stopped themselves but that Chiefs defense, uh, look, they bend, but sometimes they do break, too. They are a very permissive unit on that defensive end. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Again, I am going to back the over in this one tonight. I just can't make a play for the under here. 
But again, it just feels like we're going to get a lot of mm-hmm. points. Can we get over that 56 and a half? Yeah, and let me get a couple injury updates, too, before we go. Uh, Matt Milano going to be out, linebacker for Buffalo with that hamstring injury. Epinesa and Rousseau got upgraded to probable on that defense. So for Kansas City, Chris Jones going to miss with that wrist injury. But Frank Clark got upgraded to probable. So at least mostly healthy defenses. But Matt Milano was the late scratch today for Buffalo. 30 seconds to go. What was the biggest surprise you saw so far in week number five? That kickers can't make kicks. 12 extra (laughs) points missed. I don't know if that is the record, but... It's got to be darn close. Look, moving this extra point back. Uh, a lot of people think it makes it more exciting. It makes it more stressful for a better. It absolutely does. And again, every week we have overtime. Competition committee. Make sure you switch the rules so there can't be a tie. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen if this keeps happening. Well, we got uh, Brady Cannon and James Salinas taking you the rest of the way. Thanks for watching the Green Zone right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.